0: drive live it's the legal hour Ludmila Yamalova is here from Yamalova and Plethka she is uh, a very regular guest what's a very regular guest super regular is there a word for that I'm not even sure uh,
1: sounds about talking- right
0: yeah it's close nice to see you
1: Good to see you. Great uh, to be here.
0: Glad that you're here. Let's start with a VAT update, shall we? VAT. I know it's kind of becoming <laughs> the norm to start with this, but you've always got something. I always think to add when you come in weekly. What's What's new this week?
1: Well, indeed, and ironically, I feel like I'm becoming a VAT expert, though I. Don't think anyone really in this in this jurisdiction can claim to be a VAT expert because, and this is very important to preface once again, because mm-hmm. we do not yet have the law. The VAT law has not yet been uh, implemented, or has not actually been drafted, and has not been made public. And so, what we are talking about, the details we are sharing, are just the details we are hearing from the authorities. Uh, so, there are workshops that are being held by the Ministry of um, uh, Finance, and um, and um, workshops held by various accounting firms. Uh, so, the statements we are receiving are are we have to give them credence and um, though they are not yet codified in the law uh, so the latest we've heard um, are things such as, and again, remember the preface, so until the law is uh, is actually implemented and is, um, is, is, dra- well, is published in the official gazette and then implemented, all of this is somewhat still speculative. Uh, so we need to take everything with, the, with a uh, grain of salt, but um, the, the statements from the authorities are uh, consistent enough and regular enough for us to certainly take note and at least comment. Now, one of the things we've heard since last week is that apparently the free zones will actually be taxed. So last week, there was a question from um, uh, there was still, I guess, uh, was still a question uh, whether the uh, VAT would apply to free zone companies. Mm. Uh, Well, as of as of this week, apparently it will be uh, it will be it will apply, and the reason for that is because VAT is an indirect tax and not a tax. So in other words, the free zone companies are. Uh, free of direct tax, and but not uh, in indirect tax. Now, actually, one of the listeners wrote to us today asking uh, uh, about why is VAT classified as an indirect tax. Uh, so and this is because companies let's say let's use the free zone companies as, uh, uh, as an example they are actually they are not the ones that are being taxed they are tax collectors so the tax is actually paid by the end user and the free zone companies are, for example using them as an example uh, are actually tax collectors so they collect the 5% from the end user to give to the government so this is why it's an indirect tax and not, uh, and not direct tax so and it's under allegedly under this very logic uh, VAT will apply and free zones as well so that's one mm-hmm. update uh, then another one is that uh, the the system to register for VAT will become available as of October 1st 2017 so in other words and it will all be done online it will be a software and uh, so you'll register through the software uh, through the system and and all the reports all the documentation and the uh, and uh, uh, the process of uh, paying VAT will be done through software so it'll all be automated Uh, Another is um, uh, foreign companies, and this is quite interesting. So foreign companies apparently can or will be able to claim VAT back, but not tourists. And that was another question that was still pending, and uh, whether tourist tax or tu- tourist refund scheme would become available, such as, which is customary, for example, in, in Europe, when you leave the country, if you're not a resident in the um, EU, you would qualify to, ref- uh, to get a refund. Apparently, this will not be the case here for tourists. However, for foreign companies that are paying tax here, that they will, um, they will qualify to receive, uh, to receive refund.
0: Okay, so uh, let me just run through. That was George texting yeah. in about why, uh, why is VAT classified as indirect. So, George, thank you for the uh, text in there. Gorengs just texting in. So, I'm a locally-based duty-free uh, operator. Will my customers be liable for VAT? Well,
1: uh, I was about to just comment on that very okay. uh, very issue, and that is according to the latest, what we actually this, this came from a newspaper article by um, Emirates 24-7, uh, duty-free will be exempt from tax. So there will not be VAT tax applied to products and goods sold at duty free. Okay. So that because
0: that would effectively mean it's not duty free, I suppose. That it kind of negates the idea, doesn't it? Uh, uh, but I, then we don't sounds, That uh, sounds logical. Uh, yeah, it does, kind of. <laughs> uh, but
1: But so there are more updates if we have time. Oh, okay. Yeah. We okay. Got so time so one gone. of the other, one of the other things that is important to, for businesses to understand is that they will be able to ask for a refund or claim a refund. For example, bad debt. And let me use let's say my firm as an example. So we are a legal consultancy. We provide legal advice, professional services. Let's say we invoice. We provide work to someone. And we did work uh, for the last month or three months, and we have not gotten paid. So, by the way, VAT will have to be paid quarterly. So let's say I've uh, provided services, but I did not get paid for those services. Mm. Now I, as the tax collector for the government, and that is where the indirect tax comes in, I have to collect. I have to pay that tax to the government anyway, and they will, and I'll be paying on the basis of base, the invoice that I've, uh, I've produced for the services. However, if I don't get paid for those services, ultimately I can claim it back. Because remember, this is an indirect tax, so the tax is not on me, the tax is on the end user. So the, if the end user did not pay me, then I can claim it back. So now the bad debt becomes bad debt after six months. So it's not that I, I cannot claim, for example, well, I didn't get paid last, uh, last month, therefore uh, I do not need to pay tax. It's I actually have to pay tax, but then I can apply for refund refund if, if it's qualified as bad debt. And then I will not get a refund so much, but it'll just be a credit. Okay.
2: okay. Yeah. No, no. That you've kind of answered the question there. Anyway, I thought, if you did have the, the the VAT to pay and somebody else didn't pay you, you would suffer the initial outlay, and then, as it's quarterly, six months after that, during the next update, you could ask for that money to be back in credit. Yes, as credit. Yes. yes. So I mean,
1: uh, so I guess that's positive news, uh, as as long as we can rely on, on these uh, statements uh, for businesses, because obviously for businesses to to pay uh, out of their own pocket would be quite burdensome. Now, some of the other things for uh, for businesses as well that are relevant, in particular for professional services, for example, or even not even, but anybody who works either with deposits or advance payments. Uh, so deposits will not be taxed. So let's say you, uh, my, let's use my my. Practice again as an example just to help contextualize but let's say we ask for a deposit from a client and let's say it's 10,000 dirhams and we hold on an account so that because it's a deposit so it's not money that is um, being paid for the services provided so there's no added value it's just a deposit so an, if uh, once we do not have to pay tax unless we apply that deposit later on towards for example services but otherwise it will not be taxed why this is important in particular is because this will require businesses to set Up uh, separate bank accounts so those businesses for example who deal with um, with goods uh, or services and they have and they either charge for a fixed fee hourly fee and deposits and advance payments and such they will need to make sure that they have multiple accounts where these funds are not commingled so you would have a separate account just for deposits and so it's very clear uh, easy clear and easy uh, for the authorities to see that that those money don't really belong to you and they're not um, used for services as as deposits so you will not have to pay tax on that however for advanced payments they will be um, they will still be subject to vat because these advanced payments for various services and goods that you as um, as a service provider for example would be taking from your client and um, ultimately paying on their behalf so another reason so for all those businesses businesses who are listening uh, right now just keep in mind that um, that that's uh, that's something that you will need to start um, seriously considering opening up separate accounts one for deposit one for just advanced payments and one for the services or goods that you're actually uh, providing and, and receiving payments for.
0: Okay, so are those, is that are those the updates for this afternoon? I've uh, just about digested them.
1: Uh, well, I will tell you, it's one, one more. Uh, th- again, this, this whole, yeah, take everything with a grain of salt for now, with a pinch of salt, not well, a rock of salt.
0: It's important, minute to say that because this is not as per the law, but what you're attending are briefings. And the Ministry of Finance are saying to people, look, we are running sessions where you can come and learn about how to prepare
1: yes yes and on that note i'll tell you one more thing we learned and we're attending various workshops and seminars Uh, so we're getting data from different sources and it all kind of corresponds with with another so there's certainly some consistency but one thing we've also learned is that uh, the uae vat system will be based actually on the malaysian uh, VAT system not on the British system for okay. example and we've actually heard this before that they would probably be more like either Singaporean Hong Kong or a Malaysian system well as of as of late it's it turns out it's, it's going to be after Malaysian and so therefore it will even be advised that those who want to understand better they can actually go on and just research on, on the internet Malaysian VAT system and they'll be able to get more d- details about how it may take shape uh, based on what's already available
0: and it may give some guidance I guess that might be some uh, would help in preparation, wouldn't it?
1: Uh, right, indeed. And so one more thing that's also r- important for businesses is um, remember we talked about in- uh, input VAT and output VAT mm. and that is mm. that the business will only pay the margin between the VAT that they actually pay as a business and the VAT they collect to the government uh, for, uh, for the government. Uh, so now that means you really all the businesses will have to keep very uh, very um, scrupulous Accounting and, and reporting uh, files in terms of uh, what expenses what would they're paying and what they, where they paying VAT because basically ultimately they will be presenting those expenses to claim VAT back or at least offset the VAT that they rec- uh, that they would otherwise be paying. Well, that means that um, you you'll really need to keep a very good filing system, uh, but also not all the expenses will actually uh, qualify. There will be various codes assigned to different expenses, so it will be quite uh, quite a process in terms of which purchases, for example, or which expenses as a business you can subtract and which ones you cannot. And that's 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 basically as much as we know about that for
0: now. Okay. Well, we've we got a lot of questions in. We'll try and come back and look at some of those in a couple of minutes' time, answer them as best we can. But you're right to point out, to preface uh, everything you say to the VAT, that the law isn't yet in place. But these are the things that you're hearing from the briefings that you're receiving. Um, so that much, I think, is clear. We'll answer more questions. Legal out Ludmilla Yamalova is here on Drive Live. This is Drive Live
1: on Dubai I 103.8.
0: Drive Live, it is our Legal Hour. Ludmilla Yamalba is here. It previously was understanding property. Ludmilla can answer uh, property questions, of course, if there's something uh, that is on your mind. We're going to come to some of the questions that we didn't get to last week, as is always the case. It tends to be that questions come in towards the end of the program, of course. So if there is something, get it in as early as you can. The text line, usual number, 4001, or you can text it on the app. You can call if you'd prefer. 4, 2, 3, 10, 10. We've been talking about VAT, Ludmilla, the uh, weekly update from you, attending briefings. I know you're going to another briefing tomorrow, another update just there. Um, let's look at some of the questions. This is one from last week. In fact, no, let me go to this one that's just come in actually here. A, day. He says, Eddie, we're in the ship supply industry, effectively exporting our products. Would we be exempted from VAT or be would a tax rebate apply to us? Eddie's asking. Uh,
1: very good question. Uh, again, my best understanding is that uh, no, you will not be exempt and this is because the law applies more to the parties doing business versus where the business takes place or what's the nature of the business. In other words, as long as you're a UAE entity and you're based here, you're a subject to the VAT tax, irrespective of where you conduct your business. So you're based here, you're a legal entity here, and therefore you're benefiting from... uh, from the services that are that are based here um, and therefore so you you will be subject to VAT however what would happen let's say uh, the the entity that may qualify for exemption is the entity actually that's receiving the goods so let's say uh, you're supplying your uh, selling ships to um, let's you know let's use uh, Kenya for example um, and um, uh, so you you will have to pay VAT, the five percent on the ships that you send uh, to Kenya, uh, to the UAE government. However, the you can you you can pass that um, uh, tax to your client or your customer who's buying the ship now that customer who's based in Kenya can then come back here and can file a request for a refund uh, for that because they are not based here so they are the foreign entity I mentioned before Uh, so you will be collecting tax but you would want to make sure that all your agreements and invoices will include the clause in there that there will be a VAT uh, tax applied in addition to this or on top of the services but then they can claim that and then th- that entity the foreign entity will have the um, uh, we have will have the right to claim refund and so and as I answer this question uh, one of the other things that I wanted to mention is that this it's very important for all the businesses now whatever agreements you'll be signing with um, your your various businesses uh, third parties or invoices should include a clause to that effect it should include mm-hmm. the cl- uh, include the clause for example that these are, let's say, our services or these are, this is the value of our goods or our services. And they and these services will also be subject in addition to uh, this 5% VAT. And it's very important to do that because if you don't do that, then the presumption will be that the VAT is paid out of uh, the value of the goods which you are invoicing for. Uh, so now if you have, if you, if you clearly uh, state that and clearly differentiate, and let's say, on an invoice, and that is, let's say, my serv- I'm selling you the ship for a million dirhams, and then, but... This ship will also be subject to five percent VAT, which you must pay me, because I will pay that money to the UAE government. Uh, Then that will uh, then that will be enforceable also, and um, and then that same business can come, foreign business can come back into the UAE government, relying on the same invoice, and say, look, we've paid this five percent for this ship. We we're not based in the UAE, therefore, we we want uh, to apply for refund.
2: Okay, we have another question that sort of goes hand in hand with that. It's from Ali. He's texting and said, if a company has no sales in the UAE or GCC, can it register for VAT to claim back the VAT on its purchases? So there's sort of two elements to that question there, really.
1: Right, and one, once again, so the emphasis here, or the the key component of VAT, it's is not so much the business, but rather the party. And, and so, if you're a company that is based in the UAE, it's that party that becomes the collector uh, for the UAE government. And so, as long as you're based here, you are subject um, to to this law, or you will be subject to the law once it's actually uh, published. And the fact that your sales happen somewhere else, and um, that um, that's that's you know. Those sales or the, the um, customers um, that are based outside of the UAE that receive these sales and they're paying the 5% to the UAE government, um, they will have the right to come back and claim uh, claim those, um, those taxes back.
0: Okay, I think Ali's just uh, switched on. Tourists buying goods from shops, retail uh, areas, malls, etc., are they going to be able to ask for a VAT refund at the airport, just like in some countries in Europe? Looks like that's going to not be the case.
1: Correct, Ali. The latest update we've heard, uh, and that is that this tourist refund scheme will not apply in the UAE, unless you buy goods that are duty-free.
0: Okay, what about invoices to the government for services? Somebody's asking, no name on that one. Any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, to, to be honest with you, that I'm not quite sure about. I think certain government services we've heard, will, um, will the, the tax will not apply to them, but I'm not sure. So that's something that's an issue we'll have to continue to explore, and as more information becomes available, we'll certainly share it with the listeners.
0: Okay. Uh, there are some very specific questions. I don't know if you're going to be able to answer these. We had a couple left over from last week that we'll do in a second, but uh, one from Hua, uh, I think, is that applied on industrial services Specifically, I is asking a question about his business, I think. Something like the overhaul of an industrial gas turbine here in the UAE, which, of course, we all do every day
1: yes indeed uh, f- yes our our information so far as it does not differentiate between the type of services at all i mean there's certain services such as uh, medical or education that may be uh, uh, may qualify for a zero percent tax but um, there's absolutely no information to suggest that the industrial services will somehow or products mm. will be exempt so mm. for now we have to we have to expect that the tax apply to them in the same way it will apply to other services
2: okay so if we can just go back to uh, some of the questions that we've had from last week. This one comes from um, Said. He says, does VAT apply to UAE nationals as well?
1: Uh, yes, it does. So VAT applies to residents and non-residents or, or nationals alike. None
2: of us are escaping this then. No. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and uh, there's another one here this doesn't have a name this is from last week as well It says, is the VAT on top of housing fees um, attached to the DIWA bill
1: yes it is because the DIWA bill basically the purpose of the DO, uh, the housing fee that's attached to the DIWA bill is it goes to basically a different municipality to the municipality whereas the tax goes to the federal government so it will be in addition to
2: I guess that is part of the indirect part of the taxation I suppose correct Okay. Um, there's some more here from last week. These aren't quite to do with VAT, so maybe we'll leave those for later. We'll leave those for a few
0: moments, actually. But if you do have a question to do with either VAT, or more specifically, if you have a legal issue, here's another one for you. Actually, a load more just uh, come in here. We'll come back to these after the news in a few moments. Ian's asking about school fees. Uh, Fitzpatrick's talking about offshore business entities, those without a, a physical presence. And I know this is kind of putting you on the spot, Ludmilla. All Miller can do, and I should point this out. Once again, we should preface all of this by saying we don't have a copy of a VAT law. What Ludmilla is trying to get across is what she has learned from briefings. And what the government are trying to do is to encourage people to prepare, and they're trying to... Train is the wrong word, Educate, but educate educate, and inform uh, would be the point. So uh, we're bringing you in and doing a VAT update every week, which is getting longer and longer. That's half an hour of that. Who would have thought that? So other legal issues, get in touch with us, 4001-3-423-1010. If there is a question that is on your mind, HR Issues, Generally speaking, we do on Tuesdays, but if you have a property issue, there are lots of questions to get to. We've got lots to do from last week, but as ever, get them in as early as possible because the lines always get busy. Usual numbers apply. Ludmila Yamalova is here. No matter your preferred communication, stay in touch with Drive Live, only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Ludmila Yamalova is with us in the studio this afternoon. It is the legal hour. We've been talking very much Uh, in some detail about VAT the impending introduction of VAT is January the 1st 2018 we're starting to learn more and more there is no law in place however Ludmilla is attending uh, briefings and hopefully can answer some questions Sondrine is on the line question about VAT applying to commercial leases Sondrine do you want to put your question to Ludmilla
3: Thank you very much. Hi, good afternoon. Um, so my question, yes, exactly related to. Uh, well, I'm in the uh, commercial real estate. So how how would it be charged? Because I believe it will be chargeable to commercial leases. How would it happen? Who would collect that money? And on which year? Because as you know, with commercial real estate, we tend to do long-term leases. So I just wanted to try and understand the process and how would it be charged.
1: Yes. Okay. So, number one, uh, as you correctly pointed out, commercial leases will be subject to VAT, while residential leases will not. Now, the uh, the VAT tax applies to the end user, so it's the end user who uh, you, who pays for the the I guess the value add, and but it is the landlord who collects that money for the government. So. If the responsibility obviously is with the landlord. Whether the landlord gets um, paid from the tenant is a separate. It's a separate issue. His or her obligation to the government to pay that VAT will remain, irrespective of whether they got paid or not. Uh, now, with regards to your role or the role of, of broker firms who are in yes. between the landlord and the tenant. Uh, that exactly. would be contractual, So, because ultimately it's the landlord that actually has the obligation to transfer money to the government, and it's the tenant, the end user, who has the obligation to actually pay for it. So the broker, therefore, doesn't really have, as, as we see things at this point, it does not have the obligation to do anything unless it's con- contractually agreed uh, between the parties in some, some other way. So, for example... What you would want to do in your brokerage contract, you would want to mention uh, that, um, let's say, you're not, you're not responsible for collecting the VAT, or unless you want to be responsible. Uh, so, Or you can clearly state that the responsibility is with the landlord, and it's between the landlord and the tenant. Uh, so unless the, so the, the
3: contract would not actually show the amount of VAT
1: on it? Well, it should show any any future contracts should show. So, for example, let's say there's a commercial lease and you've got a lease for the sake of the argument. Uh, It's one million uh, dirhams a year uh so what you don't, what what you would want um to include in the contract is that the lease for one year is 1 million for, i mean it's a little excessive but let's say it's a commercial big commercial um property uh, so yes. it's a 1 million uh, and 5 and 5% vat to the tune of whatever it is you know 50000 so w- so so 5% per year it's per it's per year and you have to pay it quarterly now you mentioned something about long term contracts which is a great question in the context of commercial leases because more and more commercial leases are becoming long-term. So long term so let's say so let's say you, you have, if you have a 10 year contract so and we're now on as of 2018 we're on year 5 so for the first yes. 5 years obviously there is there's no tax because there was no tax now for the next five years um you would have to pay um you'd have to pay tax. Now the question is as to how do you have to amend the contract or is the landlord going to have to, to cover that shortfall now a pay out of his or her own pocket for this five percent because they were not included in the contract, it is is still so sort of subject to debate and it's a it's a little bit um, subjective. Um Really yeah, because we tend
3: to we tend to collect the checks in advance as you know p d checks for the whole duration of a commercial contract, right. so those checks would not obviously have included any of that
1: right so you see there's one school of thought that, um, uh, that that says well, since if it is not in the contract, therefore well the landlord landlord now has to pay however it there's another school of thought is, is, that suggests that well if if you cannot put something in the contract that doesn't exist, so therefore yeah. clearly it's you know there has been a change in the law. And if the law puts a responsibility on the end user, so therefore it's the end user that ultimately has to pay. So whether that particular clause is in the contract or not, um, the argument is that you'd still have to pay, it's the end user will still have to pay um, that 5%. So what would happen, for example, in your contracts? I mean, ideally, for all the new contracts, there should be a specific clause that VAT will apply in addition to, let's say, the, the lease value or whatever other goods or services that being yeah. provided. But for all the existing contracts... Uh, so I expect there'll be a lot of debate and a lot of probably um, disputes related to that. It's going be
3: interesting and a lot of our landlords, for example, don't live here in the UAE, they're not here, they live abroad.
1: It's going to be
3: very difficult for them to, to, you know, to try and get paid for this outstanding.
1: Sure. So, so you see, but what uh, legally speaking, you have two grounds upon which uh, to claim a payment. One is contractual; the other one is legal. So, contractually, in your case, uh, for in the case of your, of your landlords, for example, um, there is not a clause in there you can contractually rely on. However, if the law, if there is a law that basically establishes that obligation, you do not even need to have it in the contract. And so, uh, we will need to see how the law is drafted in its final yeah. form once it's available but we suspect that there will be uh, there will be enough meat on that law that will allow landlords to then seek recourse against their tenants for payment. So in other words the <coughs> landlord's obligation to pay the tax will remain and they'll have to pay it on a quarterly basis moving forward. Uh, okay. but then uh, then the tenant uh, and then the landlord can bring a case against the <coughs> tenant and claim a payment of you know, of that VAT uh, on the basis of the law not the contract but the law.
0: Sandrine, okay. we hope that oh, helps you. you. It's so impossible much. to get... Wow,
3: yeah, I think it's going to be interesting times ahead. But thank you so much for, for this information, and we look forward to hearing more. <laughs> good to so have long. you on,
0: Sandrine. It's impossible to give absolute clarity, and this is the point. We do need to keep saying this. We don't have the law uh, in hand at the moment, but it is uh, something that you are learning more and more about, Little Miller. That is the point. Lots of questions in by text, uh, most of them to do with VAT just now on residential property. Rash is texting in. That's not the case at the moment as far as you're aware
1: correct residential properties are not subject to VAT
0: uh, all right for then. Now. Uh, let me see let's look at what about VAT on government projects run by private companies like Noel Salic? how are these companies on fixed contracts uh, how would they transfer that to their customers interesting point
1: uh, well I- indeed interesting point point. Um, and so if you don't have that clarity um, but if so logically if you think about it so the private company is just the tax collector for the government so but it's the user that has to pay uh, the tax well who is the, is the end user in this particular case that should be the government so it's uh, probably government government companies in this kind of context will not be subject to VAT because ultimately they are the government uh, but I think the real uh, issue for a lot of companies would be to understand the exact uh, structure of the companies that they they deal with because often uh, companies that are uh, deemed or viewed to be government legally speaking actually uh, qualify more to be private 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 and then government. So they may have some sort of connection. They may have some kind of shareholding uh, by a government entity, but in legal terms, they actually may be considered more private than government. So that will be an interesting uh, nuance uh, to clarify as as the law continues to take shape.
2: And another one that stood out to us as well was, um, this one's from Ian. He's texted and said, will school fees be taxed? Uh,
1: so far, the information we're receiving is that healthcare care and education services will uh, be subject to 0% tax. And that means that um, uh, they will be able to request the government basically for a refund. So um, they will have, the, the schools, for example, will still pay tax on, uh, you know, on whatever it is that they buy, whatever supplies that they buy, because they are buying the end users. But then they can apply to the government to get the refund from that uh, because they are in the sector that are exempt. Uh, not exempt, because there's a difference between exemption and 0%, but uh, because they are in the 0% bracket, so they will actually qualify to apply for a refund of the tax that they have paid. Uh, So it's the input tax, but they will not be collecting the tax.
2: Okay, and there's just uh, two more here really quickly. Um, No name on this one as well. And they said, will this apply to off-plan properties and cars? So obviously someone making big purchases is quite interested on the that here. A
1: uh, very good question about the offland properties. The information we're receiving so far is that all new properties will be subject to um, the VAT, and that is once the property and that's a one-time tax. And that is when the property becomes available and it's actually completed and and is handed over. At that point, it will be subject to five percent in addition, obviously the, to the four uh, percent to the uh, to the Dubai Land Department as registration fees. So yes, the initial uh, fee for all new projects will, you know, I guess, the initial initial the cost the additional cost for all new projects will be to the tune of nine percent four percent of the for registration and then five percent of vat so all those who are looking to in- invest in off plan or, or even those who actually purchased um, real estate years back and uh, and perhaps even by no fault of their own that real estate those, those projects have not been completed yet but they will be completed after the law will be introduced they will also be subject to the five percent yes and it's it's but it's a very similar similar scenario that happened with the registration fees because there are a lot of back in the old days if you recall the registration fee to the land department was two percent and there were a lot of projects that were completed way 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 after the uh, the initial anticipated completion date and all those investors in addition to having basically suffered by virtue of the delays also had to pay the additional two percent to the government for registration
2: and that same person is quite concerned about whether this will apply to cars as well
1: Oh, well, yes, all cars, from what we can tell, will, will be subject to VAT as well.
2: Okay.
0: I'm going to be doing a banger for a few more years then, that's for sure. There's one more question. It's a, a kind of an extension from that, and this was one from last week. Before we go to a quick break, uh, Ludmilla, and I know we're not trying to pitch you as the VAT oracle, but you are attending briefings. I want to keep mentioning that. Is uh, VAT going to be on top of housing fees that you get through on your deal Bill? That's a question.
1: Yes, that too will be on top, so it will be additional additional fee for and that's obviously that applies to commercial leases because yeah. it's commercial leases that are paying the housing fee and we'll now also have to pay vat
0: okay uh, residential
1: no residential exempt okay
0: is. there you go so that's uh, for now uh, yeah.
1: but it's also important to highlight because for now oh you were doing w-
0: so well in g said for now
1: i well yes i just want to manage expectations
0: Look, <laughs> <laughs> ludmilla is here she's our legal expert today if you have a question to do with i don't know not just limited to tax, I should point out. Uh, anything legal that is on your mind. We've got a number of questions from last week uh, that we'll come to in a few moments' time that we didn't get to last week. But if you do have a question today, usual numbers apply. It is our legal hour on Drive Live. We want to hear from you. Find us on Facebook. Tweet at Dubai I-1038FM. Drive Live and ludmilia Malabar is here and natalie Lindo taylor is here i was going to hand another end no No, i wasn't doing well more commas i think
2: just well we have you on the vat we just have a few more to fire through there's one question from fitzpatrick on the text who's asked how um do ua offshore business entities cope if they don't have a physical presence how will this apply to them
1: this is a very good question and so, once again we'll have to see how um, the final uh, law is um, is drafted. But uh, if you just want to, if we just analyze the specific um, things on which the UAE offshore company can or cannot be taxed. Uh, so, and just for clarification purposes for those users who are, or listeners who are listening out there. So, um, Patrick is, Fitzpatrick is asking about UAE offshore business entities. What he's referring to, and there are two emirates in the UAE that um, that actually offer offshore uh, licenses, uh, and that is JAFSA and rasa Khaimah. So, JAFSA, offshore company it ultimately exists offshore so there's no physical presence here it cannot do business in the UAE so therefore I guess the question would be how can it be taxed on anything if it does not do business in the UAE by virtue of its uh, of its tax and that being the offshore so this offshore can do business in uh, outside of the UAE but cannot do business in the UAE however the offshore company can and Jafsa offshore in particular can for example own real estate so let's say if Jafsa offshore owns commercial real estate then, logically speaking, since commercial real estate is um, um, is taxed is subject to tax, then you could see how those entities, even though they are offshore, uh, structured as offshores, as long as um, they have real estate in the UAE, so it's the subject matter, I guess, here um, that will be um, um, that will be taxed. It's the property, uh, not so much the entities. So I, I would not be surprised if, for example, for things like that, for commercial properties uh, or for commercial leases, um, even offshore companies will um, will have to pay. So, what else UAE companies can do? UAE offshore businesses can do. Um, they can invest in businesses and they can receive dividends. So, for example, if you have a Jeff's offshore, you can it, it can invest in a restaurant. Uh, so, as an investor in a restaurant, uh, there isn't really sort of a value add. Um, at least, arguably, you're just putting in money and then just taking money back. So, there isn't really a value added. Uh, so so logically that kind of business activity or investment activity uh, should not be subject to VAT however renting out commercial real estate i can see how um so that will be you know it will still be subject to VAT and then other than that UAE offshore or these
2: offshore businesses cannot really do much more uh in, in, within the UAE okay and one more um if the client can get a refund from the government, what is the purpose of the tax? What's the government gaining here, basically?
1: Uh, right. So for clarification purposes, it's not everybody can get a refund from the tax. It's um, it's just certain uh, certain entities that are not based in the UAE, foreign entities, for example, for, uh, foreign corporations, it can be exempt or it can get a refund. Uh, but all those entities that are here uh, will not uh so i think uh, so it's it's only certain uh, certain entities that will have to pay um uh, they will they will qualify for a refund and also with regards to uh, just the input and output tax well, maybe that's what a listener is asking for so let's say i'm as a business i have to pay input tax i have to buy everything i buy is 5% uh, is more expensive because yeah, obviously I'm the end user. So now, uh, and then whatever services I provide, I also have to collect the 5% um, uh, from all my clients. So that's called the output tax. So at the end of the quarter, what I'm paying to the government is I take the um, output tax and I subtract the input tax and that's what I pay to the government. So still, obviously in, in accounting in accounting terms, there's still a massive amount of tax that does go to the government. So the offset really is only there to, to make sure that... N- you, you, the cost of business and and the the cost of living does not go up a lot more than 5%, because if we did not qualify for this, uh, for this offset, then we all, as businesses and individuals, would be paying a lot more than just 5%. It
0: makes a... Uh makes a change this doesn't it from asking you about RERA and the land department in the last few weeks uh, Miller. it is all about value added tax there is no law in place yet but this is what you're learning I'd want to keep uh, reiterating that
1: yes indeed and I will tell you I was very hesitant to 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 talk about it or provide advice on something that there isn't yet in Codified in law, but mm. um, there 's enough, um, enough information consistently that 's being uh, supplied from various government authorities and other entities um, where it is important to uh, it 's important to prepare it 's important to understand yeah. and, and at least uh, have options in terms of uh, in terms of what businesses and individuals will need to do in preparation for this this is, certainly is coming in what form and when. Those are the only variables, but the law is coming, okay. and and since it's it, it it requires preparation on all fronts, I think that what the authorities are doing is that they're educating the public in the meantime, allowing us all to prepare.
0: Okay, a couple of questions here, I've had a number of questions really along the same lines. Let's the small take, business is a great yeah, one. Yeah, Arifa's question and a number of other people, but essentially it's this: any small business exemptions from VAT that you're aware of?
1: Well, I will tell you, uh, y- yes, and um, with a qualification. So, as of as of uh, two weeks ago, I guess last week, uh, the small exemption was—it was the mandatory registration uh, threshold was for businesses that um, have at least a hundred thousand dollars. In revenue, so that was um, you know 365,000 dirhams, for example, um, and then the voluntary registration threshold was 50,000. In other words, I mean, guess that they'll be your small business. So if you, as a business, don't make more than 50,000, then you don't have you you will not be you will not be subject to the VAT. But um, if you are making less than uh, you know more than 100,000, that that you know basically you will so. I guess that will be a small business exception. Uh, but as of last week, uh, we heard that that amount has um, yeah, has changed. So it may be that um, you know many more businesses will qualify. Uh, and you know, what the exact amount is, don't know. But um, I, if, if there is an exemption, it'd be for very very small businesses.
0: All right. Here's a couple of questions for you. I don't know if you can answer these, but we've got uh, just over a minute uh, for these. From Hansen first of all, what about buying stocks and shares? Will they be taxable?
1: Great question. I will tell you all, yes, financial services will be taxable. And so financial services and financial products, including, by the way, Islamic financial products will be taxable.